This is an ABA podcast with two BAs and no BS. This is two BAs on a pod. We are back. Episode four, right? I think four or five. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Today, Ashley and I are going to just talk amongst each other. Um, We are going to be talking about a topic that I'm definitely passionate about. Ashley has her passions as well towards health and fitness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I do. I love it. Yeah. So we definitely have this in common. Um, We both enjoy exercise and we also both have our history with you know, losing weight and eating certain ways and all of those things. So we're going to be talking about that and how we use ABA on ourselves. This episode is brought to you by Objective Outcomes. If you're tired of fad diets, yo-yo dieting, and quick fixes that don't last, you should start a sustainable behavior-based personal training that is primed for lifelong changes to promote a healthier lifestyle. You can find us at objectiveoutcomesaba.com. Also, if you are seeking remote supervision and interested in the application of ABA in health, sports, and fitness, we offer supervision for unrestricted hours, monthly group supervision where you can meet others on the same track as you. You can find more at objectiveoutcomesaba.com. Ashley, what is your EO for the week? So my EO for this week around fitness and health would be that I signed up for um, the Disney half marathon. It's all the way in November, but um, I'm not very good. (laughs) Yeah. Like it comes up quick and I'm not like, I'm very bad at cardio. Like I, I won't even lie about it. Like it's not my thing. So I Mm want to start training as soon as possible for it. So like having to pay for it and just, I love Disney and I'm doing it with a couple people from work. So there's just a lot of um, motivation there to like get me and keep me on track, mm-hmm. which I feel like I've fallen off track with health and fitness a lot with my whole adult life. I won't even just say it's just because I was in grad school. It's like my whole adult life. But right. like I know myself when I commit to something, I commit and I go hard. So like I really feel like this is like a big EO for me to stay consistent. And then the motivation, I mean, the reinforcer is going to be finishing it and meeting the goal. So yeah, that's exciting. Um, my so my EO for like surround surrounding uh surrounding uh, health and fitness. So the first one is that I have um like a little group that I am I run class like a health and fitness class, um and every week I go live and I have my participants work out with me. So that is super motivating for me like to work out each week with them because I get to talk to them. Um, engage with them. I get to see their form and making sure we're we're doing the exercises correctly. So I really enjoy that. And that keeps me motivated each week to work out and give it my all. But because I'm teaching the class and I'm trying to like show like perfect form and I'm making (laughs) sure like my intensity is, uh, is really high and I'm like screaming and like okay, guys, one last rep. Like I go <laughs> fucking hard and I'm super sore today. So my AO is like, I don't want to work out because I went way too hard yesterday during my class. Um, right, so right. yeah, it's a it's a temporary AO. I think by tomorrow morning, I'll be back in the gym. But it is an AO. It, I was overly satiated in that <laughs> my fitness, that fitness class yeah, where right. I'm not going to work out today, which is something I do warn my own clients like, hey, we don't want to go that hard because it's going to kind of make you not want to do it again. Yeah, it's almost punishing. Um, But I, I'll be I'll be back tomorrow. So it's just short temporary <laughs> AO, but it definitely is AO. Right. I'm probably going to just do some stretches today and uh, skip mm-hmm. the workout. Wait till tomorrow. Yeah, your body needs the rest. Yeah, for sure. So my AO, it's not just this week, it's been like a the past few weeks that I've been struggling with the urge to binge eat. So I do suffer from binge eating disorder. Um, And the reason that it would be a reinforcer is because when I binge eat, like I don't feel bad about it. Like I love it. Um, Like I feel it makes me feel good. I do it usually based off of emotional reasons or stress, but it's not even just bad emotions. Like I can binge eat because I'm like happy. Like I, it's every emotion I associate with food. It's a comfort to me. So I know in the moment I will be like immediately reinforced by binging Mm -hmm. and I won't even feel guilty. I won't feel sick. Like it'll just be the best thing. But then long term, I'm going to gain weight, which I did. I haven't 
um, engaged in binge eating for over a year. But it's because I gained like 30 pounds, <laughs> which right. never happened to me when I was younger. When I was younger, I could eat whatever I want and not even right. exercise. And I was had a flat stomach. And that's never going to happen again, which is fine. <laughs> but um, I know that if I engage in it right now, uh, I will continue to. And then I'm eventually going to gain all the weight back that I lost. And I really have a lot of like fitness goals right now that mm-hmm. I want to stay on track with. And I don't want to make excuses for anymore. So I'm struggling not to engage in it. But um, that's my AO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like your EO so strong. It's actually an AO right. for like the like inappropriate, like the binge eating behaviors. Right. Right. And I and think it- honestly becoming vegan has helped with that a lot because first of like there's vegan junk food, like obviously. For sure. But everything I binge ate when I would engage in binge eating wasn't vegan. Like it would be Cheez-Its. It would be um, chocolate chip cookies, which they have vegan chocolate chip cookies, but all these like snacks. Cause I, that was what I would do. That was my thing. It mm-hmm. was snacks. It was never like meals, which is probably For why sure. I wouldn't like get sick and stuff. Cause I know some people who binge eat on meals will like binge eat to the point where they throw up and I never got mm-hmm. like that, but it would be like just snack foods that I I don't eat those anymore because I can't eat those. So now I feel like since I've identified my new snacks with health, I don't binge eat those snacks. So that's actually really helped me a lot. So I'm like another reason I, I guess an EO is like, I don't want to associate those foods with binging because I haven't. You don't want to pair it. Yeah. That's true. And like, I kind of want to talk about now, like the functions of binge eating, like the functions of behavior (laughs) for that. Like, let's just go there right real quick because. Okay. Um, a lot of, cause I, I've definitely binged E and, you know, I've had, so growing up personally, I was overweight from a child. Um, right. And my whole family was overweight and we just ate like crazy amount of, amount of food. It was just ridiculous how much we ate. And, um, you know, so not only having like that model to me, food was also an escape. So uh, when I was, when I'm eating and like, engaging in those binge eating episodes it was like I'm escaping from the craziness of my family I'm escaping from my own stress and it's like that was the function of my binge eating behavior and I even noticed that like even now and it's not that I'm engaging like a big binge now but when I have dishes to do or when I have like content I need to create I like will see myself like going to like the kitchen and looking in the fridge and that but now that I have like the knowledge I'm like oh this is just escape maintained like I'm just grabbing a snack because I'm trying to like delay the task at hand so I think it's that is something like understanding what is the function what about for you like what do you think what was maintaining your binge eating I think it I think a part of it was escape because even though I said like I I binge eat for any emotion like it can be out of like pure joy um I find I I think there's like a food addiction that lies there because I don't enjoy food I feel like I don't enjoy food the way a normal person does like food for me is like an experience like I eat things and I like, I genuinely love it. Like I could talk about a dish. Like it's my man on a plate. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like ridiculous and it's not, it's probably, I feel like that's not normal. Um, (laughs) like it's not. So like, it's just, but I think it was a lot of it is escape because I did really, really start doing that when I was in like really bad, toxic, abusive relationship. I was in a really, I was tired of like the, also the abusive relationship I was in with my mother. And I would, I had my first job and I wasn't allowed to eat fast food as a kid, but I had my first job and I had a license and I would take my brother and sister at midnight to McDonald's and I would mm-hmm. do it almost every single night. We would like collect coins under the couch to be able to get, go and get McDonald's together. <laughs> so it was escape because I was dealing with a lot and I would eat and eat and then I would binge on snacks after eating the McDonald's and I would just like not think about what I was going through and I would be with my siblings and it would, we would laugh and we would eat and I would just pair food with this like amazing time and like not yeah, feel sad anymore. It's like attention too because you're getting right. that, that social attention from your siblings. So it's there. Yeah, it's maintained by exactly. attention. Uh, and I think like, automatic. Yeah, for sure. Definitely automatic. Right. Just, I have a theory. There's no research behind this, but I truly believe that there's some people that have like a palate that just like are foodies. I I am like a certified foodie. I fucking love right. food and I love eating good food. And then there's someone like my husband who's super picky and, you know, could eat hot dogs and be totally fine. So I think there's certain palates and there's also associations, of course, with food like 
my my mom she cooked really good so i had that experience of having really good home cooking whereas my husband's mom she never really cooked she, so so that experience wasn't there so i definitely think there's like associations there's probably genetics and i don't know there's like super tasters so like yeah. i definitely feel like yeah it's an, like i almost always finish my plate like too. <laughs> yeah like if i have a plate of food like i'm finishing that plate so Right. Not everybody's like that, but I definitely am one of those people. So it just no, everyone varies and it just you need to be aware of like what is what is the function? Am I right. eating because I'm hungry? Am I eating because it's a social gathering? Am I eating because I'm stressed out? Am I eating because I'm bored? So there's so many yeah. different reasons why we eat and um, it's important to understand that and especially if you're struggling with um, any type of eating disorder or you're struggling with your health and specifically like I think we already know like once behaviors have more than one function they're harder to extinguish so it's like I this behavior became probably like all four functions because I had to have a response effort for the access. Then I had the attention from my siblings. Then I had the um, automatic from feeling good as I'm eating, I'm smelling it, I'm tasting it, all the things. And then I'm escaping everything that I'm going through. So all four functions are working because even once I stopped binging on the fast food and I got older and it was really just like snack based, I would never do it without my sister. Even though she wouldn't even do it with me, I would sit in her on her bed or I would have her come in my room or we'd go to Walgreens. I'd buy all my snacks. I'd sit there and I would just fucking shovel that shit in my mouth. It was so embarrassing. Well, not embarrassing with her. And that well, a thing that got me to stop doing it is I really opened up to my boyfriend about it because he didn't like really know. And I was uh-huh. like, I have gained a lot of weight because we were long distance at the time. He was about to come home for Christmas. So I was like, bitch, <laughs> he's going to be like, who the fuck is this? Like, I got to go. So I was like, I have like been struggling with this for my whole life, but like it's gotten really bad. And I started like telling him when I would do it or what I would eat. And it was so embarrassing. It was so and he never judged me. He never told me mm-hmm. I was like gross. He never made me feel bad. But just knowing that, like saying it out loud, I was like, I am so embarrassed by like right. doing that. Like I should not be doing and not because listen, I know food can be like a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. Um, weight is a touchy subject, but like For this sure. is not healthy. Yes. This is not healthy. And like I should not have been doing that to my body, especially being so young. Like that's just gonna build such a bad habit as yeah. I get older and then what for yeah. my kids and I don't know but yeah, yeah it was like all four functions all four of the main functions of behavior were f- reinforced by my binge eating so it was really hard to stop yeah for sure and so the thing is too like I know it's touchy like you know weight loss the food you're eating all that it's like controversial in the health and fitness space and this is like so I am a personal trainer and currently doing a nutrition cert as well. And um, I got into the space. um, There's multiple reasons why I got into the space, but especially with using ABA with my clients, it's because what I've seen in the fitness industry, um, it's not behavioral. Like people, like they're just telling you like, here's your macros. You need to hit under this calorie goal and like, just do it. Like, no, right. there's no function. They're not talking about why you're not doing it or why you're not getting up and moving or why you're overeating. Um, or a task analysis on how to do it. Exactly. <laughs> there's no like teaching, there's Nothing. no teaching methods, there's no strategies. Um, it's like drink this detox tea, wear this waist trainer, and hit this calorie goal, and you'll, you know, you're going to be fucking a model in a month. And obviously we know it's not that simple. And even if you did lose weight in 30 days, it's not sustainable because you're whatever the methods that you use, you're not going to do that for the rest of your life. So it's really important um, for us in health and fitness and us that we we know these behavioral strategies to disseminate this to the general population so we can get people to not just see it for like weight loss, but to see it for your health. Like, why are you doing this? You're doing this so you can have a healthier body and sustain your body until old age. Like that is, that is so important to understand. No, it's true. It's so true. And everybody's why will be different. Like, even if you're just like an RBT or like a teacher or a doctor, whatever it is, like anything you do in life, like there's obviously a why, there's a why to everything that we do. We're not going to do things. Well, we do things we don't necessarily want to do, but those right. usually like connect towards a bigger goal of something. Yeah. So exactly. it's like, 
why are you doing this? It might be different for everybody. Maybe you don't care if you have mobility when you're 75, but maybe, you know, you went to the doctor and your blood work was bad and you're only 30 exactly. and you're like, oh, fuck. Maybe you're trying to get pregnant and you can't. Maybe, like, you have a thyroid problem. Maybe you just feel sluggish. Like, I don't know. It could be a million different things. Yep, exactly. Um, so today we'll talk about like actionable steps for people um, that are interested in like, you know, promoting a healthier lifestyle, getting into fitness and how they can use ABA on the, on themselves. Because that's what I do with myself. Like I use ABA the hell out of myself when it comes to my health and fitness goals. And I think it's, it, this is going to be the strategy that works um, for people because it's, it's actionable and it's behavioral and it's sustainable. The first thing that you want to do when you're like starting your health and fitness journey is exactly what we're saying is identify that why. Uh, identify the reason what is going to sustain this long term. People who are like this, like I remember when Khloe Kardashian had that revenge body or what is it? Her show that she yeah, had? Yeah, it was called Revenge Body. I think. It was called Revenge yeah. Body, right? And it was like um, you want to you get you get like this weight loss journey and you get hot because your ex dumped you. Right. Like, that is the most ridiculous why, because how like how long is that going to sustain you? Like if you, you get hot, you become this hot person, your, your ex is like, oh, wow, she's so hot. And that's going to last like two fucking seconds. And then what's going to sustain you after? There's going to be nothing. So we, we want to make sure whatever your reason is, your purpose behind doing this, get becoming healthier is going to sustain you. So for me, it's like my son, like I want to have the energy. He has so much energy. He's three years old. He's running up and down. He wants to go run up and down hills. He wants to race. And I'm able to keep up with him because I focus on my fitness. And that's sustaining me. It's going to sustain me for the next rest of my life, 18 years at least. Um, so that's that's a big why. Um, so that would be like step one is identifying that reason what's going to sustain you long term. The next thing I would say is identify what you are doing now. So taking baseline is so important on like the behaviors that you want to change. Do you have anything to say about that, Ashley, like baseline? And I just think so. I know when I first started following you um, and I like I have done CrossFit before and I I've gone on and off in fitness for a long time. But when you started talking about that in because I obviously I knew what baseline data was. I'm working mm -hmm. with kids with autism. But when you discuss that and like, where are we going to start? That was the first time I ever seen anyone in fitness on social media doing that. And I was like, that is so true. I, and I, at the time I was like following on my personal account, like so many of these fitness gurus and I love their bodies. And I personally get so motivated by watching strong women work out. Like I love it. Like I'm, I'm not somebody who's like, Oh, I wish I looked like that. Like, no, I do wish I looked like that. And I'm going to fucking stop being a lazy bitch and do it. Right. So I like, I love it. I love watching women work out. So, um, but all of them do what you're saying. Oh, here's the macros. Here's the plan. I'm yeah. going to be on your ass for 30 days and you're going to look like me. And it's like, no, the fuck you're not. And right. then, um, but you were like talking about, okay, like we're going to, where did you, where do you need to start? And I feel like that's so important with anything in life yep. at all. Like where, like what is like, where are you at right now that yes. we can build from? Because if we're not building from what you already mastered, like it's just going to be a train wreck. Like you're going to get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel overworked. And I feel like that can work for some people. Like, I don't want to say that it can't because I think some people are okay. Like I'm very rule governed. So like if somebody yeah. told me like when I'm working out with my boyfriend, like he is on my ass and I am like, okay, that's the rule. Like I have to do A, B, and C. But when I'm away from him and I'm, I have to do it more independently, I need to implement certain strategies to get me going because I don't have somebody there telling me what I have to do. So that does work for some people that they can just go from zero to a hundred. But for the biggest like the most population I feel like that's yeah. not the case so it's like if no, you've only know. been walking from your car to your desk and drinking a cup of water every seven days like we cannot start you on a seven-day workout plan like that's just not exactly. how it's gonna work exactly. it can't work like that exactly like it could like you said maybe for 30 days you're able to right. sustain that ridiculous seven day seven day a week workout plan and this this crazy calorie deficit Maybe you're able to sustain it for 30 days, but guess what? You're not going to sustain it for the rest of your life because you did not do the work. And it's like I always say, we're not going to take a kid 
that is unable to ha- doesn't have joint attention like they can't even res- respond to their name or they can't even glance and when you say anything to them we're not going to have them sit at the table for one hour while the teacher's teaching like that's no. not we didn't make the progress we didn't put the work in so just the same way we use aba with in that setting you got to use aba with yourself and understand you need to meet yourself where you're at um right. and where I always start with my clients is I, the big the big thing is how much protein are you eating? Uh, it's crazy. People, a lot of people are under eating protein. And that's like, you want to build muscle, you got to eat protein. Um, so like, what exactly are you eating? How much of, are you eating of it? And then also water. You'll be surprised how many people don't drink water. It's it's really scary. It's great. (laughs) Like, how do you not drink water? That's so crazy to me. So like, how much water are you drinking in your sleep? That sleep is such a big one. How much are you sleeping? Do you have a sleep routine? Um, Like, do you have insomnia? Are you waking up? Are you waking up too early? Are you not waking up early enough? Like, what does your sleep look like? And um water, food, sleep, and then movement. Like how are you moving now? And then what kind of movement do you enjoy? Um, that's super important because I'm not going to have you do CrossFit when you fucking hate CrossFit. Like if you like to dance, (laughs) like that's totally okay. You can start, we can start with dancing once a week. So however you're going to move your body is the, is what we're going to start at. So identifying those four things, um, is usually where my starting point is. And then of course, as I get to know the client, as we progress the goals, um, then we can, you know, go into deeper, like exactly individualize their goal. But right. I would say for people listening, that's wanting to use ABA in their health and fitness, start with those four things. See, take some baseline, use a week. Don't try to like uh, lie and say that you're working out five times a week when you're not. Just right. take it be like as honest as possible um, and see how long you're doing those things or how much are you eating and how much water are you drinking? How many hours are you sleeping? And then from there, you can progressively shape the behavior. So if you have a goal where you want to work out five times a week, you can get there, um, but just meet yourself where you're at. Um, Once you take baseline, you set your goal. Let's say you take baseline and you're we're working out twice a week. That's your first goal. I would say be consecutive. So that means hit that goal two, three weeks in a row before you get like overzealous and try to like progress it too quickly because we want to make sure it's sustainable. So be so be consecutive, be consistent. Anything else to add to that? No, I just I do think that coming from somebody who like like you might feel like it's not enough because at first you're like, oh, I'm only working out for two days. Like, and I know I've seen this on, um, I can't think of her name right now. I think it's like Fearless Miranda on Instagram, but she's like a famous CrossFit ass- at CrossFit athlete. Oh my God. I've sent you her Instagram and yeah, they're, her. they now do something called street parking where it's like workouts at home and her and her husband run it. And it's such a cool resource, but their motto is like, do more than nothing. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that is really all it takes. Like if you're talking about sustainability and health and fitness in everyday life, like you're not a professional athlete, you're not doing Olympic lifting, you're not going to be in the Olympics, you're not competing. That's another level, but you just want health and you want to be able to move your body. Mm -hmm. And maybe it'll progress to more than that one day. That's completely cool. But like, don't, stop or quit just because you're like oh well she only has me my trainer only has me working out two times a week and drinking Mm -hmm. water every day like that's not fair I want to look like Pamela Anderson well so do I but guess what (laughs) you can't get there without putting in the work like it doesn't work surgery (laughs) yeah well that I guess that was a bad example but but like it's just like I feel like people but that's another thing that I feel like a lot of fitness people do too is they're I follow a lot of I've used to follow a lot of fitness accounts and I'm not going to call anybody out by name but it wasn't until I really started finding strong women that I was like, that fucking bitch has surgery and she's a liar. Like she's not lifting shit. So it's crazy too, where it's like, if you don't look close enough, you might think that somebody looks like that because they worked for it. No. Once you start seeing real muscle built bodies, you can tell the difference. So I feel like society and social media will make you want to like rush into something or rush into this program or take on so much stuff because you're like wow but if you really like find people who are real and raw and relatable you'll see that their body took years Years. to build like years especially as women um it's harder for us to build muscle and all that stuff so 
um, I just think that don't get too discouraged if you feel like you're not doing enough yet because you're doing more than nothing. (laughs) So like, and that's what's important. And going off of like, not like comparing yourself, like you got, people have to understand that these like influencers, that's their whole job. Like that's their Their whole whole job. Their whole life is to look good. I like to do this thing and I tell my clients too, if you feel discouraged by, because you're comparing yourself to Instagram influencers, do this. Go to your local gym, look around and see what regular people look like. And these are people in the gym who are already focused on their health and fitness. So if there's already right, a, a right. bias in itself. But if you just go to the gym, most people look fucking normal. Like most people don't have this crazy, this crazy curvy body or these crazy muscles. It's it's kind of like a outlier. But when you're on Instagram, when you're when you're like inundated because you're following all these accounts, you think everybody looks like that. So then you feel discouraged because you've been working out for three months and you look nothing like that. But the truth be told, a lot of this is their whole life. And those people are outliers. Yeah. Like you just look, just go to the grocery store, go to the gym and just take a look around. People look normal. (laughs) Like most people don't look like how um, these influencers look because it's their outliers and that's their whole their whole job is to look good. So I really like comparison is the thief of joy. And I really have to do that to myself because I will compare myself all the time, but I have to remind myself like different situation here. Like that's not me, that's not my goal, like different life, different circumstances, different contingencies. So just keeping that in mind, um, try not to try not to like compare yourself. It's really difficult, but it's really it's unhelpful. So also going back to ABA. So we said, take baseline on those four things, how you're moving, your sleep, your water, the food that you're eating, and then baseline, set your goal, be consecutive. And how are you going to take data? So this is huge in ABA. We take data. We need to see exactly what's going on. We need to see um, like percentages, graphs. And this is not just because we think we're like cool scientists. This is because it's objective. The looking in the mirror and deciding like how your your progress is going by just looking in the mirror is super subjective. Like Right, you can right. look at yourself and be like point out all of your flaws and there's there's no data to it. So the data does not have to be how much you weigh. What is your waist measurements? The data could literally be I worked out three times out of seven days of the week. So mm-hmm. three out of seven is your is your percentage, right? Which I don't know, like 43%, whatever the percentage is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever that is. So if you worked three out of seven days, that's good. But if your goal was to, th- to work out three days that week, your percentage would be three out of three. You had three opportunities to work out. That was your goal. You hit it three times. That's 100%. You worked out three days, you hit your goal. So having some type of self-management system is huge. Um, I I like actual data sheets <laughs> and it's I know everyone yeah. varies like I like actual data sheets that you can make on like Google Sheets where you literally have what the goal is you can you can put your check mark on the data sheet and you can do your graphs there but you don't have to be that sciencey like you can put it on a whiteboard you can put it on your calendar you can do check marks um it doesn't have yeah. to look a certain way but it's really important to have some type of self management system no, for sure. Like I love doing token economies. I've talked about it on my story a couple times. I tried to implement it and I did fail at it. So like, that's okay, whatever. But like, yeah. I'm going to do it again. Uh, I'm not doing it this week because I, my, the thing that's keeping me accountable is my boyfriend this week. That is what's getting me there because like, mm-hmm. that's the rule. Like going with him. Yeah. Like going with him. Um, he's your, like your SP, right? Like, right. Going, exactly. Like, Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to go. And, mm-hmm. but for next week I have to go back to work and I'm like okay I want to keep this going so I'm going to do a token economy which I like honestly print one out that's fun we make them for the kids all the time I have a Harry Potter one I don't give a fuck you write the goal there (laughs) you feel like you know like you can put as many boxes as you want and if your end goal is like seven days a week you could put seven boxes there and just have four of them filled in if three is your goal for that week and it's a visual like you don't have to make a graph you don't have to write anything you can see it you give yourself the token or you don't and what I do is like I say the last time I used it and it was working 
um, I would get myself either Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or a coffee. Like I would just buy a coffee outside of my house because I don't do that anymore. I used to spend so much money, but I don't do that every day anymore. It's not very often that I go. So like that it was my um, reinforcer if I worked out as many times as I wanted to. So if I got three of my tokens or five of my tokens or whatever it was, just like we do with the kids, I got to get my Starbucks. Yep. And it it does work, but like it works if you're like not going to lie because that's another like it really is yes. about self-management. You have to work on like that self-management and because I'm the only person that's stopping myself. Like, what is my sister exactly. going to do? Take my wallet and hide it? Like, no, I'll use Apple Pay. I don't give a fuck. Like, I can still right. go to Starbucks exactly. if I really wanted to, but I really don't let myself. I will not let myself if I don't get those tokens. So you really have to, like, not let yourself contact the reinforcement you're going to give yourself for reaching your goal. Because if you do, then you're, like, you're just defeating the purpose of it. Yeah, there's you have to have some integrity there. Like, you have to be right. like, okay, like, I'm really not going to do this unless I reach my goal, unless I, I do this three times this week. Um, and that's, that's going into the next thing you, you have to find some type of reinforcement system to maintain the behavior. Cause we know behavior yeah. is only maintained if it contacts reinforcement. And I think, um, some people can be like, Oh, just working out is reinforcing. And I, I, I get it. Cause I'm right. one of those people where I do find working out reinforcing cause it feels good. Um, I, I just like moving my body, but it wasn't like that always. Like it took a lot of pairing for me to get there. So some people may need those contrived reinforcers. So maybe it's like, it could literally be putting on a cute gym set. Like if that's your reinforcer. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. If having a cute outfit on and you know, rocking it while you're working out like that can be the reinforcer but if you need something more having that system is just that much more beneficial like having that cute set having those cute shoes on having some good music on and then on top of it you are earning your starbucks at the end of the week or getting your nails and whatever that reinforcer is and like i tell my clients your your reinforcer does not have to be like something that you never do but it could be something that you're already doing but just make it contingent on doing those behaviors that you want to do so for example I get my nails done every two weeks it always happens like I'm it just what it is (laughs) it is what it is like I'll never forget like my best friend at the time she's like it was like five five years ago. She's like, you need to grow up and get your nails done. And I'm like, okay. So I, I right. <laughs> never stop. Five years later, I'm a grown ass bitch yet. now. <laughs> exactly. She's like, you need to grow up. Oh my and I was like, all right. So I never, I never stopped getting my nails done. But I could totally make a a contingency with myself. Like I can only get my nails done if I worked out three times um, in two weeks in a row. And right. if I didn't do that, then look, I'm going to be having some busted ass nails until I hit, hit that goal. So it's not like I'm right. going out and getting this this reinforcer that I never give myself. I'm just making something contingent on doing those things. So you don't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be like a Disneyland trip. It could be whatever. Um, but of right. course, right. we want to eventually get to a place just like we do in with you know ABA with our with our autism clients. We eventually want to get to a place where we are contacting natural reinforcement. Right. The right. thing with health and fitness is though is natural reinforcement may take some time because it's going to take some months before you you feel better, before your mood levels start to change, your hormones start to change, you're starting to build some muscle, um, maybe your your body composition starts to change, but it's not like going to happen overnight. So you may have to have those contrived reinforcers until the natural reinforcers start kicking in. But if you stay consistent, it will happen. You will eventually get some natural reinforcement because it's going to feel good. You're going to look good, feel good. That's what it's all about. But that's kind of more also going back into finding that reason why. Uh, Because I know like if your reason why is just only based on aesthetics, you can get to aesthetics without prioritizing your health. Um, You can totally starve yourself overdue cardio, you know, whatever, be like really rigid about the way you eat. And it's, it's really punishing, but then you get to this aesthetic goal and what's going to keep maintaining that you're like, you're at this aesthetic goal, but you feel like shit. 
Right. So no, it's that, true. Yeah, that is why ha- having that reason, you're going back to like, what is your why and the purpose needs to be established and you need to make sure it's sustainable. Do you think that um, I'm just thinking like, because I'm thinking of people who compete in like bodybuilding or because I actually work with someone, the girl that I'm going to be doing this half marathon with, she does like bikini competitions and um, it's really fucked up her body composition, like really bad um, to the point where right now she's like struggling because she's like passing out with the training she's doing because she's actually 10 pounds lighter than the first time she ever competed. But mm-hmm. her like her body composition is so off that she doesn't look as lean. But she's yep. like, I can't lose any more weight. Like I physically cannot lose any more yep. weight. I don't have anything left to lose. Mm-hmm. But she's not cut enough. And yep. so she's like dehydrating herself to send mm-hmm. these pictures to her trainer. And then she's like passing out. And it's like a whole thing. But is like that reinforcement of like looking that good because she's like I she told me that it's not even just with her looking good she's like in awe of what you can do to the body which I can understand because like I think that like muscle like tone and muscle definition it looks different on everybody and it looks unique on everyone and to see it grow from nothing I love seeing before and after pictures Mm -hmm. of people who truly show like I worked for seven years on this body and this is Mm -hmm. what it came out to be But, like, do you think that that reinforcement is so strong, that why is so strong, that, like, it can really just, like, overpower health altogether? Absolutely. And I have a lot of issues with competition, especially bikini competition. I know there's, like, powerlifting competition. I think that's cool. Even the – Right, right. Like Olympic lifts and stuff. Yeah, I think that's cool. But there is some some disordered behaviors in there as well. But competition, bikini competition, uh, I have a lot of issues with that because – all you're doing is trying to get so lean, so cut up, and then you're in a bikini and people are judging you. Like, that is disordered right. tone. And there's so much disordered eating within that community. Um, I personally know people that they sign up for these competitions. So that is their why. That is their EO. Right. So right. they have this motivation to do all these things, do all these behaviors. They hit the stage, whatever. They place or they don't place. As soon as they're off that stage, that EO is gone. That that stage date, right. it's gone. The EO is gone. So now all of their behaviors are abolished. There's an abolishing operation to um, eat a certain way, exercise a certain way. All of those things that they were doing to get to that body is gone. So what do they do? They gain 10 pounds almost overnight. Like literally right. there's people, there's girls that can gain 20 pounds in a week because their body's so fucked up because they've been eating like ridiculously low calories. So their metabolism is super slow. So when you're feeding the body, the metabolism is trying to whatever food you're giving it, it's going to try to store it because it thinks it's in time of famine because it's what you're telling your body. Um, so yeah, there's a lot, I have a lot of issues with competition. It's just, it promotes disordered eating. Um, and, so and, and it promotes a disordered relationship with fitness and I seen I, I know this girl personally, like I she's from my hometown and she's a competitor and she's I can see her struggling with her body, her body weight because she goes in these she's super fit, then she gains all this weight and then she's depressed and then and then she has a competition date. So it's like that is the wrong why with fitness and that is why we're, I'm going to always go back to you need to have a sustainable why because if you don't right. those behaviors that you're learning you're not going to do those for the rest of your life and that is what health and fitness is about is we I want you you should want to as well sustain this until you're old and you're brittle and you can no longer do this because um health and fitness is something that everybody needs to work on because we live in a society where we're super sedentary. We don't have to move. Our food is delivered to us. Our food is ultra processed and it's really easy to get out of shape. So it's kind of like a necessity with um, just the way our, our lifestyle is set up that we have to have structured fitness and we have to be mindful of our eating and uh, have, be, have right. self-awareness. Even with sleep, like I could totally binge watch a Netflix show and get four hours of sleep. So right. these, these are things that we need to have a lot of self-awareness. So 
Yes, I definitely think there's a there's an issue with competition. And I think the, the reinforcement right. is so strong and the EO is so strong. But once they hit that stage and once that competition is done, there's a there's an AO and it's it, you're not going to sustain any of those behaviors. No, it's just completely detrimental to health overall. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. bad. But what about for people who because I recently saw this country singer I follow. I love her body, by the way. Her name is Jesse James Decker. Like, holy shit. She is goals. I don't know. Oh, she's I had think- surgery. I don't even care. Her and her husband are so Wait, hot. Like, it's ridiculous. I, I see <laughs> one of her posts that was super controversial. Is it like about needing a man or something? No, she had a post and it was like, this is what I eat in a day. And it was like nothing. Oh, yes. Because she was at the moment. That's I was just going to talk about that because she okay, yeah. and, um she was basically like intermittent fasting and then when she was uh-huh. eating it was like oh that's all you eat and I saw yeah. a lot of people saying that and she was like oh like it's fine for me but and I was going to mention that but then in another post she's ho- talked about how she works out so much so mm-hmm. that she can eat whatever she wants but then I was like but you just it's did that other that other post where you ate like a salmon nothing. salad like I don't yeah, I don't even remember it was, what it was it was very small amount of food though yeah it was like which nothing. I don't know like I've intermittent fasted before I think I wake up too early in the day to like start my day now that I just yeah. I cannot do it because I get up at five and like by six I'm ready to eat and it's yeah. just like I can't, I can't do that it doesn't work for my lifestyle anymore but I have done it before but I don't really I don't know if I like agree with it 100% but I'm not a nutritionist or a doctor so like I'm but I just but in that situation, that didn't make sense to me. But then sh- to say that the reason you work out is so you can overindulge in food, I don't know if that's, that's healthy not. either because exactly. I feel like there should be a balance at all times. It's mm-hmm. still That's still an, a, an, um, a relationship with food that's not functional. There's an exactly. abuse of food there um, that you shouldn't yep. be engaging in. I don't think you should just be exercising just so you can enjoy cake. I don't even really – Exactly. Believe in like labeling something as like a cheat day. I know some athletes do, and I think that when once you're an athlete and a professional athlete, or maybe you're in like a more restrictive, yeah, like I feel Mm -hmm. like it's a different mentality. And I I see that with my boyfriend, who is an athlete, and he's been an athlete his whole life, and he's a veteran, and like all these things. And I feel like that mentality is it works for a lot of people, and it's fine. But I think. Like to just label something a cheat day. Like, why is a meal a cheat? Like that, you shouldn't yes. be like chasing that piece of cake. Like, if you yep. truly are in like healthy mm-hmm. and you are active, you should be. Able, if it's Wednesday night and you're craving a piece of cake, have a piece of cake. But like, obviously, exactly. don't have cake every single night after that for every day. Like that is a problem. But I feel like we as humans, like we just, we do that. It's like, we build this behavior chain of like, oh, I had cake on Wednesday. So now I'll have cake tonight and I'll have cake the next night. And then you just keep going. So like, we have to restrict ourselves, but I don't feel like that is healthy either. Like just fully restricting yourself from eating. And I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, that's another thing, like kind of going back to like, you can't compare yourself like the the influencer, that's her whole job. Like someone like the rock, who's on like right. testosterone and who's like a First huge all, guy yeah. who's like a WWE. A, yeah. Like, he's like an actor. Like you cannot compare yourself with a person like that. Uh, you no. cannot compare yourself to LeBron James. You cannot compare yourself to, to just professionals because they are at a different level than a normal person. Uh, first of all, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they're at a way different level than we are as just general population. So that is something that, you know, you need to consider, like, do not idolize these people that are eating these crazy ass cheat meals. Like you can't do that. <laughs> like you do not put the work in. You're not at that level um, and you don't have the same goals as them. So that, you know, right. that's a big that's a big thing, too, I see is like having a cheat meal or a cheat day because, you know, that that cheat meal can real easily turn into a cheat week and then you're never you're never going back. So it is good to always ask yourself, like. Am I eating? Why am I eating this cake? What is the function behind this behavior? Am I doing it because it's my son's fourth birthday? Like, right. I'm gonna eat that cake. It's my son's birthday. We're gonna eat that cake. I'm gonna enjoy it. It's family time. Am I eating that piece of cake because I'm sad and I'm stressed? And maybe I shouldn't eat that cake. Maybe I should go meditate or journal. Um, right, so right. that, you know, having those replacement behaviors. So identifying the function and having those replacement pe- behaviors is so important. So always asking yourself, what is my values right now? Why am I doing this? And is it aligned with my values? Those are the questions that you need to ask yourself. And 
And that right. is going back to ABA because if it was up to like whatever random influencer, fitness influencer telling you, you can have a cheat day on Sunday. Like they don't fucking know what your Sunday looks like. They don't know. Right. Yeah. They don't know anything about your life. So how can they dictate when you are allowed to eat this pizza? With that though, I do think that like some level of restriction is obviously probably necessary because if you're eating out seven days a week like that's not healthy I don't care if you're like oh I go to like chicken kitchen I'm healthy like you don't know how much salt is in that chicken you don't know what they're seasoning with how much olive oil or Mm -hmm. did they even use olive oil like you don't know the exact ingredients the caloric like the calories that they say are like from a range of like 550 to 1017 it's like how the fuck are we in a 500 range calorie like what am I eating so I don't think that's healthy either. Um, I think maybe saying like, okay, I'm going to start being healthier. I think maybe I should start eating out once a week. Like that's probably, or maybe once every other week yeah. or once a month even because mm-hmm. what you're bringing into your body, you shouldn't just be like, oh, well, I exercise now. So like I can have this whenever I want. I don't think that's healthy either. But yep. to fully restrict and not like allow yourself to have a craving. Like I, yeah. I've met people that are like, well, it's my birthday. I saw this YouTube video once, this, this couple, I love them, but they, they're like a fitness couple. They're really like popular on social media, whatever. His wife bought him like his favorite cereals for his birthday. He literally opened the gift and was like, I can't wait till my cheat day so I could have a bowl of cereal. I was like, have a bowl of cereal. You look like a Ken doll. Like who gives a shit? Like it's not going to kill you to have a bowl of cereal on your birthday. It's literally frosted flakes, like relax. But I feel like that is not a healthy mindset Mm -hmm. of like, you're just not even enjoying your own birthday because it's not your cheat day. Like that to me is crazy. Like that's crazy. Exactly. So it's all about it's all about having balance and going back to your values and what's important to you in that moment. And just like how we say always say like reinforcers change daily, like your reinforcers are going to change daily, your values are going to change daily. Um, so those contingencies will change daily. So it's just right understanding that you are unique and um, your your goals are unique and how you get there is unique and your journey is going to look different from anybody else's journey. Um, so don't compare yourself. Meet yourself where you're at. Make sure you, you have some self-management strategy where you're able to right. see your progress, um, have some ob- objective data. So just like, did you work out last week? Yes. Okay. That was one time. Do it again next week. Work out again one time next week and progressively um, add more until you hit your goal. And then making sure you are reinforcing yourself and making sure you have balance. Like, it's okay. You don't right. have to be perfect. Like, we never set a goal. Well, not always. Like, safety goals, you shouldn't be at 100% opportunities. But most of the goals yeah. that we set are not, like, at 100% criteria. It's usually, like, 80%, 90%. Like, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be, like, almost, like, pretty good. Like, just be fairly consistent. Right. and consistent. You know? Yeah, just be fairly consistent. That's what matters. Um, yeah. So do you have anything else to add before we get into the task analysis breakdown? No, I don't think so. Yeah. So don't compare yourself, guys. <laughs> don't, yeah, I don't think do that that. our main takeaway is, you know, use self-management, identify a reinforcer, identify your baseline and don't compare yourself. You are not the right. rock. <laughs> no. You're or Jesse James Decker. You're not her either. So yeah, yeah. you're you. You're you and oh your goals God. and your your behaviors will be unique to you. So for this task analysis breakdown, we are um, we're going to be talking about operational definitions of behavior. So this is important especially with health and fitness, because we want to make sure whatever the behavior you're engaging is like a behavior. It's not like, oh, I want to get tone. I want to look hot. Like, what does that even mean? Right. (laughs) How do you define tone and hot? Like, um, we need to be able to observe it, measure it, collect data on it, see it. (laughs) Yeah. Or just like, I want to like, if your goal, if your goal is to exercise more and you're just like, oh, I want to move more. Okay, well, what is the operational definition of moving more? Um, so right. an operational definition definition of a behavior involves an objective, precise, and complete description of a behavior that allows the reader to understand whether or not the behavior has occurred. 
Exactly. Yeah. So an example of this would be like a squat. So a squat is defined as placing feet hip width apart, weight inhales, hinging at the hip, core drawn in, glutes driving back, bend at the knees and driving uh, body back up while maintaining tension. So that is a operational definition of a squat. So you know exactly what the behavior looks like. Um, you know exactly what your body should be doing. Um, right. Yes. And then if you you know want to get deeper, you can have the non-examples. Like a non-example of yeah. a squat would be like weight and toes, only bending at the knees, moving body loosely, uh, hips remaining under shoulder. So you know exactly what not to do when you're doing the squat. Yeah, I think when you're doing operational definitions, even in like behavior intervention plans, if you're working with kids or if you're doing them for yourself, not the intervention plan, but just like defining a behavior, Mm -hmm. having examples and non-examples helps so much because if you're thinking about your RBTs or other BCBAs looking at your BIPs or anything like that, having those really helps them know exactly what they are and aren't looking for Mm -hmm. because even if your operational definition is beautiful, um there can be kind of like what's going on. Like there might okay. be some confusion. Yeah. But with the example and the non-example, it's very clear. Um, so I think I always add those if I ever write it. And mm-hmm. it, it looks long. And I've seen bips where like there isn't one. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of my supervisors was like, oh, you like you still do that? And I was like, I will do that till the day I die. Because <laughs> like I just I am so detailed. Like it helps me so much that I just like to be extremely thorough and I just think it's helpful. Oh, I have a I have a good question for um, this. Um, out of the seven dimensions of ABA, having a clear and like a clear way of how to implement a program is what what part of the seven dimensions? Are we doing the music? We could, but I just Okay, we'll put the music in. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know what it is. <laughs> The seven dimensions ABA. I don't know what it is. I'm like gonna look it up. Look it up. You can leave that in, Alan. Let them know I'm not perfect. It's fine. <laughs> it was not planned. It's um. It's okay. It's like it's just like leaving my mind. It's like I read that article how many times? <laughs> yeah, it's technological. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So so when you have a behavior intervention plan that anybody is able to um like read and like okay this is the program I know exactly what it is it's very clear and anybody can implement it it right. means your behavior plan is techni- technological is the the t in the seven dimensions right which is um we can talk more about that during another episode that would be fun yes, yes. especially because that article is so popular i feel like if anyone is an rbt you've read in this grad dimensions. school yes. you've read this article like it's many a times fa- a fan favorite yeah it's important yeah. to know all the seven dimensions ABA. That's why I was like, how do I not know it? I've literally read that article like probably five times. Yeah. So I don't know what I was going what, through. What's but. the, I think it's bat, bat cave? No. What's bat the ac- the acronym? I can't think of the acronym, but I know it's like, oh. the sub- yeah, there's, it's a, there's applied, behavioral, conceptually systematic, technological. Um, oh, get a cab. Get a cab. That's what it is. Get a cab. Generalized, yes. Yeah, generalized, generalized um, and effective. Right. Right? Did I get them all? Yeah. Generality, effective, technological, applied, conceptually systematic, analytical, and behavioral. Analytical. So get a cab. Yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. I was like, bat cave? Yeah, like, what what is, is this? One of the... <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. That's it. so funny. Yes. Okay. So that was – that's the end of episode. What number are we on? Five? Again, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what episode we're on, but that thank thank you guys for listening for this episode. You can find our our Instagram for the podcast at ABA on a pod, and you can find my me personally on Instagram at Objective Outcomes, and you can find me on Instagram personally at Behavior with Ash. And be sure to subscribe to our show if you're on Apple Podcasts. Please write a review, and we're looking forward to recording more. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, guys.